This week, we celebrate our one-year Weebiversary. Because what if I was to tell you that there's a live-action version of this show? What if I was to tell you that there is a live-action version of this show? <laughs> what if I was to tell you there's a live-action version of that? Hmm, maybe we should discuss it. I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And for a whole year, we watched anime. Garrett, this week is a super duper special one year Weebiversary. Yeah. To start, it is so exciting to have had the opportunity to share one of my favorite things in the world with you over the past 52 weeks. You've held back nosebleeds, fainted at bad jokes, and ate your fill of some of delicious looking anime food. But after a year of animated mania, we kind of want to see how it translates to our 3D world. That's right, to celebrate our one year anniversary, we look over our favorite shows we've reviewed this year and see if the live action versions are just as good. But before we begin here, what are new fans could be expecting from this episode? Really horrific production values. <laughs> just like, just absolutely bottom of the barrel, Skinamax level type script writing, just yeah. Totally terrible, but at the same time, pretty phenomenal. Awesome, yeah. And also, if I may say, not to spoil anything, Rufio. 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 More on that later. Spoiler, because I also screamed Rufio when I was watching it, but we'll get to that in a second. So, as, which is, yeah, I, mean, I got really excited. There's a lot of things I was screaming as I was watching it. Mm -hmm. But um, So just to give you an idea for those listening out there, I had you watch five properties kind of skim through them because a lot of them are long they're either movies or like yeah. all eight seasons but they're either movie or TV, tv adaptations um of all the you know of several properties that we've covered this year in fact and i also picked a mix of dramas actions comedies and even the etchy harem shows that we watched on the tents so garrett just to before we go into the rest of the show what are the five shows that we watched this week uh we watched Fist of the North Star, yep. anime classic. I mean, going back to like early, late 70s, early 80s, just anime yep. classic. Uh, we watched Kakaguri, which is a whole lot of crazy gambling. Yep. Uh, we watched Prison School. Yes. <laughs> which, that was uh, aggressively sexual. Yes. And <laughs> I was wondering how they were going to go with this. Like, what would the rating be? And right. it wouldn't disappoint for the most part. So, right. uh, we, watched, uh, we watched Parasite. Yes, the movie. Right. And then the last one that we watched was... It just oh, escaped. Uh, yeah. Was what? Assassination Classroom. We watched like a little bit of it because it's really hard to get access ah, to. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But gotcha. this is a kind of a discussion of like what it means to take anime and make it into uh, something that's palatable for everybody. Mm -hmm. What you'll notice, much like video game movies, is that they're not that great for, because the essence of anime, the essence of video games, mm -hmm. doesn't really translate well into a, you know, a normal format. Speaking in, in general, like, sweeping mm -hmm. generalizations, of the five that I watched, it has nothing to do with realistic or not realistic, but the ones that were more successful 
took the topic more seriously yeah. and the ones that I thought were less successful mm -hmm. tried to be over the top with emoting and the concept. Right. And I think they fell on their face because of that. But. Right, exactly. So what we also are going to do, Garrett, because this is not just us doing a specific subject. We're also celebrating. It's a celebration, betchas. Um, <laughs> it's to be uh, also sporadically over the course of this episode, Garrett, I'm going to be checking in with you to mm -hmm. see how much you've absorbed over this year. Wow. I'm going to give you a quiz in between each episode that we run over. Okay. And they're going to run the gamut of like, you know, jokes that we've made, mm -hmm. uh, actual J Japanese culture questions, anime questions to sure. like, basically like, what does this mean? Or if you remember anything from some of the shows. Yes, I truly hope I will be able to answer at least two of these. Right, it's, it's okay, Garrett. With most of these quizzes, if you get a two, that's usually acceptable to me. But, um, <laughs> so let's start with the easy show that we were able to find, um, the show Kakegurui. Mm -hmm. And what we're gonna do with all these shows is I also wanna like bring back memory, you know, fond memories of our time talking about it. We had it with uh, our conversation with uh, John and Kevin from uh, the Big Stupid Podcast. Right. And, uh, and what was your memories? Like, this was like 40 weeks ago. So it was a long time. It was the beginning of the pandemic. What was really, Kakegurui doing for you? Really, really diabolical female gamblers with like bloodlust for annihilating their opponents is really what I remember. And I also remember a lot of red eyes, like yes. eyes glowing with death stares. Yes. I remember, yeah, the, the, the kind of, like, if there was a Kakegurui-esque-ness, like, if there was an essence, right. that, a eau de jus de vie or whatever, I don't know, I don't speak French, but if you were to take and put it into a bottle, some things that I that I were hoping that were going to come out of this live-action show were going to be the distorted faces, because I thought that really is very Kakegurui, is that, like, like mm -hmm. women's faces, they're cute at one moment, and then they're, like, you know, Nick, uh, Jack Nicholson, when he pulls out of the Joker thing mask, right. his faces out there, like, that's what I was hoping for. Um, and for the most part, I got to give the, the female actresses credit. They did their best with it. Yeah. And of the five that we watched, I was the most entertained by this one. Albeit the fact that they were trying to make it in an anime mm -hmm. spectacle, like they were trying to use the same emotion that anime uses, mm -hmm. but with, with personal human aspects. I don't know. It, it did translate one-to-one. -one. I watched the first episode and I thought they did a lot with the $200 budget they had. <laughs> yes, or, exactly. That's what it looked like to me. I also Everybody went to that. Party City and got everyone red jackets. <laughs> they, like, they cut a hole. They cut a hole in a table and put a uh, see-through gel over it, and they had a red and white lamp underneath it. So, <laughs> so one of the things that I thought you're absolutely right. It is pretty low budget. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting was that uh, that I really thought was crazy was that this thing doesn't have a lot of like effects. It's not like Assassination Classroom. It's not like Parasite right. where you have to do a lot of CGI. But for some reason, there was like wire fighting in the intro of, of the show. I was like, why did you spend money so that Suzui, the weakest character, was like Bruce Lee kicking everybody in the face, but was right. not doing that at all during the show? Right. Like, what is it? Like, you spent money in the wrong places, mm -hmm. guys. But, yeah. So, <laughs> so let's talk to the first episode, Garrett. Like, right. you know, what? this was the episode in which we had, we were introduced to Mary... We were introduced to Jamami and Yumeko, and they did their rock, paper, scissors, uh, you know, but it's with, like, voting and ballots and stuff like that, so. Right. Um, so walk me through what that episode is and how close is with the original is kind of the question. Right. Uh, as we go through this, because I had to watch five different shows, do not expect me, uh, those of you at home, to remember the names of 
anyone. So yeah. I'm just going to try and, and skate through this. So uh, we are brought to this very uh, prestigious high school. Mm-hmm. I believe it's been around for 122 years. Right. Uh, the best of the best come out of there in terms mm-hmm. of the people who control the world, whether it be politicians, whether it be CEOs, stuff like that. But the secret behind the school is that academics and sports don't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. What actually means something is the gambling because the ability to read your opponent or translate that to the business world, to read the person across the boardroom table from you uh, is your ability to succeed, to bluff, to gamble, uh, mm. all of that. Right. And so it's sort of this underground club. Like imagine if, uh, I don't know, rabid, rabid uh, sync fans <laughs> played in rounders against uh, John Malkovich. Like, chick, chick, chick. Chick, chick. <laughs> Give the man his money. Right. Uh, and so in, a, in our first episode, what we basically see is we see our male lead, who is usual in these shows, is a total turd. He's a turd. Um, yes. And he has become a doggy. So long story short, if you lose, you, you do these head-on gambling competitions against other students. Yeah. And if you lose, you pay off your debt. If you have money, no big deal. You live to fight another day. Mm-hmm. If you don't have money, you become essentially indentured servants. You become a doggy or a kitty mm-hmm. or a girl. Uh, so this one gentleman is a doggy, which we're given that in the first scene, uh, and a new girl, Jabami, a new a new girl, Jabami, comes to the school, mm-hmm. and uh, he's trying to warn her about this lifestyle. Yeah, don't he's be a rude. Say, There's a girl. Hey, here hey, that's, yeah. Like, be careful. Just avoid it. Say you don't know how to gamble. Yeah. Um, but there's more than meets the eye to Miss right. Jabami. Right, and she tries. She gets picked on by the girl who plays Mary, which oddly enough was also a character in, was Hannah in prison school, was the same actress. Oh, really? This was really crazy to me. Um, and and I, I, I don't want to say it, but, I mean, they kind of looked alike. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the, the course of the show is that there are these wild gambling games. We're not going to go too much in how it works, but usually Jabami, usually the person that Jabami is facing cheats. She catches them and then like makes them like and like ruins them psychologically while she right and a them. few episodes in doesn't she even intentionally become indentured right yes because the people who are at the bottom can fight a student council member to get back into the good graces right right basically in order to get to the top again you got to fight the best people yeah. but in order to get to that like that era what I really appreciate about the show this is a positive that I had with it is that in the anime there's a lot of internal monologuing there's a lot of like it's just mm-hmm. like a sports anime of like you know ooh, she doesn't notice that i did this and like haha what a fool and she's mm-hmm. such a what they did was she snaps her fingers everybody freezes and then this girl has like this crazy person monologue with herself about well, how she's the best and all so that you like that you like that she's zach morris yes like she's zach morris into like into a uh ursula from the little mermaid kind of monologue <laughs> Like, my darlings, it's a born fortune. She didn't sing, but she said... Okay, okay, I actually hated that, but now that you make the Ursula joke, I find it funnier. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that, like, she, like, snaps everybody freezing, she just, like, looks at her and goes... She's, her face is, like, really dis- distorted. I give the actress a lot of credit, and I thought it was really good. Suzui, the guy who's supposed to be meek and... Com- he's just on cocaine the entire show, and that was my biggest problem with the show, was that... Right. So is always constantly like, you know, if there was like, you know, cartoons when they're like biting their nails, they do like a typewriter of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. he uh, does that. And, and he was like a guy who was a freshman in high school and he got the lead in the play. Right. Exactly. And overdoing it all. 
which is funny. And it's not the only show we're going to discuss today where that was a problem. Right. And my favorite part, and it's funny you bring this up. There's a, I forgot who does like the Miley Cyrus on SNL, forgot what her name is, but she had this really funny stand-up thing where she says that like the, there's the girl that does the same voice no matter what play she's in. She's like, it's like, if you don't want Tinkerbell to die, clap your hands. Like that kind of that's what I, was I think that's Melissa Villasenor. No, no, no. She's the, she's the one who does, um, she's way early when they did like the Japanese club and stuff like that. Oh, oh. She's funny. And I remember that, that's what made me think of that. It was just like, and then she's like doing, you know, Shakespeare instead. She's like, a high on all your houses, a tithe. <laughs> clap your hands. <laughs> so also the last question I'm going to ask for Vanessa Bryant. Yes, that's right. The last question I'm going to ask you is Jabami. She's nuts. She's pretty. She's wild. But she's also quite voluptuous. Would you say that the girl who played Jabami did her justice? Like on a scale of one to Jabami, one to ten in the Jabami scale, how did you think the actress did on it? I'll give her a nine. And if yeah. only because she was the only understated performance. Really? Which is the crazy because she's supposed to be the nut. She's supposed to be the gurui of right, the but, gurui. But like sometimes quiet is better. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so I was, I was watching this interview the other day with Gerard Butler and they were having him discuss all his roles. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about uh, 300 and that like iconic moment where he like bellows, this is yeah. Sparta and kicks yeah. the guy into the hole. And he said that he did like 25 takes where it was more of like a menacing whispering, this is yeah. Sparta. And then he said to the director, just one more take, just one more take. And he did the big one. Right. And he said the entire like crew burst out laughing, but that's right. the one that they used. In that instance, it worked. But for someone like Jabami, yeah. I think that sort of menacing right. shark under the water is a better way to play it. Right. She did more of the like, she's always going to smile, but sometimes she's going to look crazy when she does it. Mm-hmm. It's like crazy eye from like, yes. you know, Orange New Black. She's very good at that style. My only regret about this show is that I didn't watch it long enough to get to the woman who shot her own eye out. Oh, yeah. There's me, Dottie. I watched. Here's the thing. This is the only one that like I was going to keep watching the rest of the shows we had. And I just kept watching. I don't know. I don't think it's good. But it was just like, huh. It's inter- I'm entertained by how they decided to do this. So right. all this to say. Comparative wise, I'm with you. I think it, if I was to give it like closeness, it was very true to the art, to the material. Oh, it was, it was, it was like lifting like it right off 10. the page. Spot yeah, on. Eight out of, eight, like eight or 8.5 out of 10 in terms of closeness. So, mm-hmm. so we're going to pause to do our first of our quiz questions, Garrett. Ooh, All okay. right. You're going to get three in between each. This is just a reminder to see how well you've noobed up, how sure. you've leveled sure, up sure, in your sure, noobness. Sure. Three questions per, and as I said, they're going to be questions based on whether on anime trivia, stuff that happened in shows, and just jokes that we brought up while we were doing it. So that's the general theme of all these things. So the first question, Garrett, is, and if you get two, as I said, we'll we'll, we'll celebrate in the streets, but first question is, what is Isekai? And this comes from our episode 19. What is Isekai? I cannot pull an answer out of my brain at the moment. What if I was to tell you the genre is also called New World? No, no, I don't. I'm still noob level on this question. So Isekai was from episode 19. This was when we discussed the people who have another life in a video game. You die and you come back in a video game and stuff like that. Like the third art online and I come back. We only touched on that in one episode. Yeah, we did 19. And for a reason. I don't want to touch a lot of Isekai because I hate Isekai. But that's why we titled it In Knowing World Isekai. So no... Now we're at zero, buddy. That's not a good start. But I think you might get this one because it's a little less uh, weeby. Okay. So in episode 27, we discussed the show Tor- Toriko. 
In that episode, we played a game to see if you could guess the names of silly combinations of food. What yes. was your personal guess for the food that was a combination of pineapples and prunes? <laughs> it, it was it was poon something. <laughs> it was poon, Garrett. You get a point on that one. I'm gonna put it up there. <laughs> It was, and I remember being... Pineapple prune? <laughs> yeah, it, it's actually pineapple prune. And <laughs> Garrett was just like, let's just take the R out of prune and call it a day. So you're one, you're one for one. That's not uh, one for two. That's not bad. Okay. And then this is the last one of this round is, in our episode 25 on objectively bad anime, mm-hmm. we met a character whose name was Onada Goru. Who and what is that? Oh my God, was he... Sherlock Holmes? No, that was Vampire Holmes. Oh, Vampire. Who <laughs> was neither a vampire nor a good detective. Ah, one for three. <laughs> Onada Goro was from episode 25. He was a sage-like fart that came out of an old man's keyhole <laughs> and decided to give advice to all the near-do-wells of the neighborhood. Ah, uh, uh, gosh, yeah, I remember so, that. So, but here's the thing. You got one point that's not good. We'll revisit. We'll see how we're going to do. I'm trying to bring my average up. I'll bring your average up. We'll do it. Right. So the second right. thing that we watched, to go back to what we watched, is... I was so excited to watch more of this than just the clip that we watched was the fist of the North star movie. I watched 30 minutes of this and I was so happy to watch it because just like you said, I was screaming actors. I was like, he's in this, she's in this, he's in this. And just to give a quick um, like synopsis of what fist of the North star is, it's like one of the most classic shows of anime history. It's an action show, kind of like started the whole action genre, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's about this like r- vigilante martial artist who's very good with like hitting pressure points, but like the violence that when he hits people is that they like explode and have their body horror right. happens to them. Right, in a post-apocalyptic world, no In a less. post-apocalyptic world where he is kind of putting justice in this like really messed up Mad Max world, which right. I don't know how that would happen, but some notes I had when I was thinking about this show was, first off, is that the director was the one, one of the people that produced Hellraiser. So that's huh. why you got all those, like, realists. So they used realistic effects, which I appreciate. It was no CGI, no computer graphics. They did, like, real James Cameron. Wait, even know. when the head was, like... There was, like, huh. pneumatic tubes under, like, a, a bald wig, and that was just impressive. Wow. And yeah, that's going to look a little more realistic in terms of the 1990s anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And this one, yeah, it did came out in 1995. It starred the, the, the immortal Gary Daniels as the, as the Ken character. And the, it, was given, it was given a score of 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, so what I love about this movie is I don't know if it was released theatrically, but for those at home, Kyle and I, since high school, for 20 years now, we've been playing a game simply titled the movie game right and the gist of the game is a person starts it off with a actor actress or a movie Mm -hmm. and you have to name so if i say tom cruise and kyle says a few good men and i say demi moore you guys get the idea and as you say but you keep doing it it's eliminated yeah the key to this game is to have up your sleeve some movies that star a bunch of people that no one has ever seen before. Yeah. And so Fist of the North Star, first of all, I was 
I was kind of looking away when the opening credits came on and I saw that they, they got the lesser of the Van Peebles. They didn't get <laughs> Mario Van Peebles. They got Melvin Van Peebles. They got Melvin Pan, Van Peebles, yes. Downtown um, Julie Brown, which that blew my mind. So I, I saw, saw her first and I said, why is she in this movie? Mm-hmm. And you got the legendary Malcolm McDowell from uh, oh my God, Orange, who is literally more of the story, obviously, than Ken himself. Ken, of the 30 minutes I watched, was literally two and a half minutes of it. Right. He was barely in this movie. And for good reason. Gary Daniels is not a good actor. Yeah. And Gary so, Daniels would be the lead actor on a show on TNT. Right. He was, he's really bad. And then, as you said, Rufio's in it. He plays Bat, which is like... Chris Penn. Chris Penn is a bad guy in Clint this. Clint Howard. Clint Howard is in this movie. I was like, whoa. They obviously, like... For they should have put more effort into Ken than they did in the supporting cast because they legit buried this poor guy who's probably this was his big break was to do the Fist of the North Star. I wonder if they filmed a lot and left a lot on the cutting room floor because he wasn't that good in it. Probably yeah. think here's one thing I would say. So one of the features of Ken from Fist of the North Star is that he is constantly grimacing. He looks like he smells fart all the time, <laughs> and he also has. Um, to, to that, Gary Daniels does a really good job, although Gary Daniels looks like he has anxiety more than he does menacing because he's walking around with his shoulders tense and gripping his hands like this the whole time. He's like... He, he has severe PTSD. Yeah. Like, he is just squeezing, like, stress balls that don't exist the entire mm-hmm. movie. That's the first thing. Right. And the second thing is, another characteristic of Ken is that he has the actual Big Dipper in bullet... Like, bullet hold into his chest. I, I wrote this down because I thought it was really funny. It's like, it looks like they glued spray-painted Nilla wafers on Gary Daniels. It looks so bad. It looked like they legit took, like, the things you put oh your sofa on so that you don't scuff your floors, and they right. just painted him his skin color and glued it on. It oh looks so God. bad. And, and like, so, so talk me through, like, did you like the thing? I, I, I feel like in 2021, this thing actually has a little value to me as just like a fun. Everything they did, they just did poorly. Like, yes. look. I, so in 1995, we actually hadn't seen this movie. Now we've seen this movie both A-level and D-level numerous times. But post-apocalyptic world, warring factions, gangs, yeah. cities, uh, a struggle for food and water. It's right. always going to be a struggle for food and water. Remember that when the real apocalypse comes. Right, exactly. It's always about food and water. Find the guy with the chrome paint on their teeth and then you know, <laughs> right. ride with the doof warrior. You know? And um, I just felt an, uh, really, really wise black men um, <laughs> like spouting poetry yeah. like, is, is going to be a, a, fact, a factor in, in the <laughs> apocalyptic world. Um, a savior comes along, you know, it it was just so much and none of it, it's all stuff we're used to, but none of it I thought was very good. No, I do. Do I think that this is a movie? So when I was in high school, I hang out, I hung out with a few people uh, who partook in the ganja. Uh, I did not partake. I did not partake in the ganja. No. Uh, And every single day after school, uh, a pizza would be ordered ganja would be consumed and inevitably one of the uh sam raimi classics like army of the dead 
or not Army of the Dead, Army of Darkness yeah, yeah, and yeah. Evil Dead movies, right. those would be played because they were so bad, they were good. Yeah. If we had known about this movie, it would no doubt have been in the rotation. In that collection, yeah, of the like, you know, Sam Raimi, you know, so bad they're good kind of movies. Right. I will say it did give me some really good chuckles in certain points. Mm-hmm. I will list the, my top three. And it wasn't the one that we brought up in our episode on Fist of the North Star. I thought actually of all of it, that was the best scene of the 30 minutes that I watched. What, the fight scene? Yeah, it was the fight scene. It was just really well. Like, I feel like they put all their eggs into that basket and everything. Terrible else sound there. effects. Terrible sound effects. Yeah, you just see, it's like. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> and all you hear is the. <laughs> of those fists. But one was Shin, which who had the perfect Shin hair, which mm-hmm. was the mullet with the giant bangs. Yep. He invited a member of the South Star community to his house, and he had, like, these two jars of jam. I don't know. It wasn't, like, food of any good thing. But the guy was just, like, literally, like, open the crystal jar of jam that's, like, tiny, and he just, like, looked on his fingers. Like, you couldn't get, like, better food for this. Like, I know the budget was $6.8 million for this whole movie, but <laughs> it was so fun to see this guy going, like, here, here's the thing <laughs> the issue is not that 6.8 million was not a lot of money I, I, I looked at your notes and you did a calculation it's like 11 million dollars today right. so many Oscar nominated movies are made for under 11 million dollars right. but the issue is, is they don't have special effects so mm-hmm. my guess is computer special effects were going to cost them a bajillion dollars right. so they went with also a super expensive method all that makeup and all those effects, which were really important to the story, right. that probably ate up much of their budget. So there was only one screenwriter. It was probably Dennis Rodman in a room. <laughs> and then another scene was, is that one of the characters is in, in the anime couldn't speak. I think her name, I forgot her name was like Rin or something like that. Mm-hmm. She couldn't speak and then it was really funny seeing from like this fart face coming in and like just like thumbing her throat and then she can speak all of a sudden but like in the movie the two minutes that i got to see gary daniels he like literally like strokes her hair like this he's like what are you doing he's like something my father told me and he just like 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 she vibrates her temples this like poor eight-year-old actress and she's like she like once she's supposed to be blind she's supposed to be blind so she like goes from like looking at his like is the middle of his torso to being like <gasps> and he, like looks up at him. <laughs> That's so bad and stupid. Oh my god! Oh, what? And then like seeing downtown Julie Brown, seeing Chris Penn with like gimp gimp outfit. Oh my god! Just... Yeah, he had like the outfit Channing Tatum wore, and like this is the end. <laughs> exactly, it was so bad. And of course, but of course, Rufio downtown Julie Brown. It kind of makes how, it for me. How something. about Rufio with the bleach blonde hair? Rufio with the bleach blonde hair. He, he is. It was honestly like. I mean, how far removed was Hook at that point? Like, I wonder. Well, this is two years later. Hook came out in 93. Wow. So he went from Hook to, like, probably his movie. He probably filmed him around the same time. Probably, yeah. So Rufio was actually, like, a a shiny point of this movie. He was actually really good. Um, But Gary Daniels, not so much. He was, he just couldn't, he couldn't carry it. I don't know if he's American, so his accent probably was, like, John Clan Van Damish. He was very steely jawed. He's definitely, like, He's got the face. He's got I the feel face like, of the lead. I feel like someone related to this movie, perhaps the producer, yeah. like took a 
like taekwondo class at his shishi beverly hills gym and gary daniels was like teaching the class and he was like hey you've got really handsome cut jawline can you act uh but of course i can yeah and so he hired for the this for this role and it ended up being like a terrible mistake it was not really not good but like honestly for anybody out there it's free on youtube watch it just do it it's so of of so once the big question is is did it get the anime right? How close is it to the source material? Not if it's good or not, because probably not. Is probably oh, it was really close. I mean, it actually was. It well, just didn't honestly. Mo- most of the anime is him angry walking through yeah. desert storms. So I yeah. mean, but there's not enough Ken. That was my only problem with it. Was like the sh- the story is called Fist of the North Star. Mm-hmm. It's like the movie Commando, but it has like three minutes of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I will say I was a little disappointed because correct me if I'm wrong, in the anime, didn't the baddies have way more interesting costumes? Way more. more, They'll have mohawks and they look like, you know, rejects from the WWE. You know what they look like? They look like Lil Nas X. Yes, they did look like Lil Nas X. Absolutely. Just like very, very, um, very flamboyant in their appearance. Yep. So, uh, Garrett, uh, so into one one to ten, how close would you say it is to Fist of the North? I would give it like a nine. Yeah, I good. Okay, I just yeah, think I think, enough, I think it's close. I just think it didn't have enough Ken. If it had, if it had more Ken Shiro, I would. I would well, it. no, correct because the best thing about Fist and North Star is Ken basically walks through the desert punching people and their jaws fly off. Yes. or he, he like breaks their back. Like that's like makes them kill themselves via their own muscles. Like that's right. the fun of Fist of the North Star, and I got barely any of that. Well, well, I would say that in terms of how close is it, nine. Does it right. capture the fun of Fist of the North Star? No. But then again, maybe Fist of the North Star, the anime, is not supposed to be fun. You and yeah. I just look at it as fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, it's kind of B-movie-esque, just, just the source material. And so right. they made a D-movie straight to, straight to video was, was its own thing. Mm-hmm. All right, Garrett, so we are on a pause again, and we're okay. going to look up our next three questions for your uh, uh, noob check-in quiz. Sure. Once again, uh, these are questions about jokes, uh, things that happen in shows, and also just anime-isms that you need to know. So the first question is, can you name one of our show's rules for what it takes to be a sports anime? What it, and you can be as, you know, they're not officially written, but we have some rules on what it means to have a, a, a sports anime. There's something with numbers. Um, okay, rules to be a sports anime. Well, yeah. number one, zero love interest in any way. Correct. There, you, there you cannot can... be... No. You might think a relationship is going to develop. They're going to lightly tease it, but they're never, ever going to go there. That is correct, Gary. That is one of the rules. There's no love interest. The first thing is that, uh, is that the, it's, all, it's spoken exclusively third through internal monologues and external observers is a big yep. one. Um, is that sometimes that the, um, the sport is displayed in like superhuman powers and stuff like that. That's another one. So you, you got one. So that's now two of four. Okay. Good work, my friend. And, uh, by the way, that, that those rules were first, uh, put in episode five when we talked about Prince of Tennis. And, uh, the next question, Garrett, is in episode 32, where we watched Kuroko Nobasuke, we met a fairly unimportant team in episode six. But they just had one secret weapon that they had above all the other teams in Japan. What was that secret weapon? It's uh, Kroko's basketball. It's oh, the basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. sports anime. So this is another sports anime question. So they had 
So of course you had your first game with the the key mm-hmm. setting with you know copycat everybody. Right, right, right. And then right, they right. went on their first their, their first uh, team in their tournament. Yep. And that team had one secret weapon. What was it, Garrett? Oh, the team that they were playing. Yeah. Ooh, see, I remember what the Leeds special right. effect was. Right. He he was like so quick he could kind of like teleport around you yeah. and you couldn't really see him. And he was the sixth man at his yes. previous school. But now this is not that important. It's like it's it's actually a, a question about the joke, a joke that we told. Then then I I do not recall. This is that the one this one unimportant team secret weapon was that they had a black man on the team. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that's right. Oh. It was so bad. Oh. It was like, oh, they got a black on the team. Oh, <laughs> it's horrible. I should have remembered that. That was your joke, by the way. A lot of these are your jokes. So, <laughs> I'm too clever for my own good. I can't remember my own jokes. <laughs> so that's two of five, Garrett. This is the one I think that I, I have full faith you're going to get, and I think you'll be at a 500 after this, is in Food Wars, episode seven, there was one combination of food that never worked. You, no matter how much the lead character... Peanut butter and octopus. Very good. Now, that was the one half of the question. The second half is, when someone eats this combo, what happens to them, at least how it's depicted? Their genitals are assaulted by a peanut butter-covered octopus. That's right, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> they get into a tentacle hentai in which they're <laughs> peanut butter penetrated by an octopus. For those who can score at home, after the first round of questions, that was one of three. A batting average of .333. Right. Now, after six questions, we're batting 500. Things are looking up. Things are looking up. You're having a good, you're having a good average, you know, but it's, 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 a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Right. So the next one we are going to talk about is uh, the movie, the next movie we watched, which was Parasite, mm-hmm. um, which was called Kiseju, and it's a... I would say of all the ones that we watched, this one had the best budget because the CGI was not that bad. But, but yeah. talk me through, like, what's the, what's the story of this, of Parasite? Uh, like, Parasite, op- Parasite opens up um, with these little slug worms uh, who have, they're like floating across the sea. I don't know if they came up from below or they came down from aliens. Right. I think they came down from aliens. And essentially their goal is to eat the brains of people. So they enter them through their nose, through their ears, um, and they consume their brain and then they control their body. The more bloodlusty ones basically turn into like tremors where like their heads open and they like eat other humans. Yes. Um, But our lead character uh, is awoken when the worm tries to get into him and he swipes it away uh, Mm -hmm. and it jumps back at him and it gets into his hand and using grabs his um his headphones yeah he wraps them around his arm creating a tourniquet and the creature can't get up into his bicep and his mom comes in and says what are you doing what are you doing and she takes it off of him and it turns out these creatures only have a certain amount of time to get to the brain and it was shorter than the length it was in the arm so this creature now lives in his hand so now he has a, like a, an alien hand, which is now has like, it's weird because it's a horror show, but it's also like a buddy comedy between a boy and his, his parents. This was by far my favorite that we watched right. this one year. I mean, it was, well, first of all, even though like they could have done a mil- they could have totally, maybe it's because of the tone of the anime. Sorry, right. the, the tone of the anime. Yeah, the tone of the anime and the manga is this way, but they didn't go over the top with it. 
Right. Uh, if I had one complaint, it's that they kind of, it's almost like they looked at the panels on the, on the manga mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, let's hit these. I kind of felt like they were, yeah, they were trying to get very one-to-one with it. Pacing it. Right. But I still thought it was the best of what we watched. CGI was fantastic. They did a really mm-hmm. good job with the show. Although sometimes like if it's just an eyeball and his hand moving around, it looks like someone. Yeah. Like, looks like someone photoshopped, but when they, well, you know, you know what it kind of looks like. So most of the time it looks great. Right. But some of the time, it looks like back on Conan O'Brien, where yeah. they would lower Arnold Schwarzenegger's head and only the mouth would move. That's exactly what it looked like, Gary. You're absolutely correct. When it was just Miggy in his full parasite form, it looked great. But when it's just the hand, it the eyeball, you're right. It looked like, like they just like CGI. <laughs> it did look like that. And so I guess the big question is like, because... It got a pretty good review on, on Rotten Tomatoes. It got a 78%. And okay. it also, as you talk about pacing was really important, mm-hmm. it got two parts. So they had time to do the full series, albeit stretch it out over two movies. So, I mean, it, honestly, I thought it was really good. Um, and it really split that, like, black comedy, buddy comedy to, to horror element. I thought they did really well with it. So I, I thought a, a few of the things in the show – a few of the things in the anime that were chuckle worthy because of the dry humor right. came across as a hair too serious in the live action. Like there's like, there's this whole thing in the anime where, so this parasite takes over his hand. Right. Right. And it wants to learn about earth. Right. And so at some point he's like in the bathtub and he's like, I want to see what your downstairs sword is like. And it was like really comical how yeah. this like, it's alien like, hand wants to spank, like yank him off, right? <laughs> but it wasn't that funny in the show. No, no. And so, I think, yeah, I think Migi in the anime runs on pure logic, mm-hmm. while the Migi in the, the movie is a little bit more likable. Because mm-hmm. you're not supposed to like Migi. Migi's supposed right. to be unsettingly logical. You're supposed right. to be like, you're supposed to constantly feel threatened by it as well as feel like you need it to protect you. Sure. And that's the kind of fear. But Migi in the movie was a little bit more like friendly. Because mm-hmm. when he's like, chop off my arm, he's like, no, no, chop me off. Migi in the anime was like, turn into like razor blades, and like pointed at his face, because don't, don't you try it. Yeah. I'll take you out kind of thing and I'll just do whatever I want, right? Or I'll put you in a coma and I'll be fine after that. So mm-hmm. it's like that kind of thing. Um, the big question for this is how close was it, do you think, to the to source material I wanted to? Oh, geez, I think it's nine and a half, ten. Yeah, I thought that's not my That's not my weeb score, but that's just how close it was. It was very, very close to the, the yeah. source material. It's actually really good, I would say, if you want to get it yeah. one-to-one. And like, totally so, watchable. It's totally watchable. The CGI is fantastic. I don't think it really, it really mm-hmm. affected the show at all. So, I mean, honestly, I don't really have too many notes. It's not like I was like, like it's not like Fist of the North Star or Kakadori where there's a lot of silliness to it. It's actually really, right. really good. So by all means, folks, give it a go. Yeah. So it's um, called something different, isn't it? It's called Parasite Part One in, is the movie. Oh, doesn't it have a different name in live action, or is that one of the other? No, it, it is. But par- it's not the very famous Oscar-winning Parasite with an I. It's ah. Parasite with a Y. Yes. So it's Parasite with a Y in it. Got it. It's Parasite Part One. So check it out, good folks. It's a good one. Um. Going back to our quiz, Garrett, um, this is going to be uh, the next three questions. Once again, it's going to be jokes, inside humor, all that stuff. Um, First question, and this can be a long one, so Mm -hmm. we'll see how far you get. Can you name the four deres we discussed in episode four and maybe what you think they mean? 
Oh. I, so I will it, give you points if once I give them to you, you tell me what it's all about. So what is the one you sure know? I think you know at least two that we talked about. Uh, the other two is, is not so much. Kundere. Kundere is one, yeah. That's like the very cool, yeah. non-emotional one. Doesn't go up and down. Yeah, perfect. That's a kudere. Right. There's the dandere. Dandere is... Dandere, isn't that like the very like lovey-dovey? Like, they're quiet. They're like... The oh, shy, oh, shy, oh, quiet. like sort of like the Velma? Yeah, yeah. But more like... So uh, the... Um, the librarian in uh in uh the world only god knows but also the the the, the girl from uh food wars with the blue ponytails she's megumi she's okay. a very big don today like, oh, oh, i'm sorry like almost like skitterish is that is yeah. like what florida don today is um the main one that most people know is oh no home. yeah I wasn't... Well, oh no i was gonna give it to you i was gonna say there's one that i think that oh, you have should soon be today soon today right and what's their deal she's like a she's a Get ready the baka, Kyle. Isn't yeah. she like a tease? <laughs> That's not why I thought you were going to go with it. Uh, she is the uh, high and mighty, upper own butt kind of character. Oh. Very uh, like, you know, okay. don't suck. Like, she's very like, she mm. ne- she negs the character. Yeah. She's like in a higher social position. Soon soon means like, <laughs> she's very bad. Got it. Um, but you're doing okay. I'll, I'll, I'll still say you're in the running. And then the fourth one. Yandere? I don't yep, know. You got it. Yep, Yandere. Yeah. And what is Yandere? Oh, no idea. <laughs> Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's from Amirai Nikki or Future Diary huh. with a girl with an axe and she goes nuts on everybody. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, I mean, I assume she's a murderous wench. I don't yeah, know. So Yandere's are the scary, like, murder. Oh, oh, oh so like, like, she like hides razor blades behind her back when she Yeah, but she's like, I love you. Uh, <laughs> That's the Yandere. And well, I want us to see more of those in the coming years. So yeah. I think I, the reason why I like internalize Kundere so much is like, that's the one that appeals to me. Well, Busajima is a Kundere. And I think that's why you like that's Kundere. Correct. <laughs> so uh, that was one. And you know, I'll give it to you. You're doing good, man. You know, nice. I'll give it to you. So, so that's four out of seven. The next one is, <laughs> this makes me laugh to say it. I'm like, what is the alternative name of America's favorite fast food joint? And according to episode nine. Whack Donald's. Was it? Whack Donald's? That's right. And for extra credit, what is the special way to order according to Haven't You Heard Him, Sakamoto? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I'll give you an extra point if you do this. So dance. what is the special way to order? Yeah, you oh, want to order a Whack Donald's dance? What was that? Don't you have to do a dance? No, it's you want to order a Whack Donald with a smile <laughs> for takeout. <laughs> Oh my Very God. good, man. I, I'll count it. That wasn't the so. All I, right, Whack Donald. Thank you. Thank you. All right. The last question of this round is: What are at least one of the rules you need to not get killed in the show? Another. It's the show about a high school that where one class pretty much dies every year, and no one gives a rat's ass. Right. <laughs> the show where like. How do you not die? Yeah. What is a way for not another to happen? Well, how do you keep the another thing from happening? Don't you. It's always a cursed classroom. Don't you have to kill someone in that classroom? The person who comes in with the curse? Yeah, so you, you're, you're pretty close. Like, that's the final result, is you have to find the another and kill them. Yeah. But in the beginning, what they, what they did is, is they picked a student to, like, pretend they don't exist for the whole year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they ignore them as if they're not even there. Yeah, and so that was why you were like, is that girl a ghost or whatnot? Because no one wants to talk about her. And, like... The guy's just like, hey, why can't we talk about the girl? And then, and then another happens is <laughs> the way the show happens. Well, unfortunately, you can't give that one to me. So no, Okay. 
So that's we're, we're, we're working on five out of nine. That's a 0.55 rating. We still went up. Still pretty good. Still pretty good, Garrett. And you know, it means that you're absorbing stuff. I'm pretty, pretty happy with that. Uh, we'll do one more. I'll, I'll, I'll do a brief rundown of Assassinations Classroom at the Great. end. But one more show that we did that's in our etchy harem, uh, you know, uh, Mount Rushmore of etchy shows that we've watched is, of course, Prison School. One of my favorite shows. Yeah. I know that when we had it with our good buddy Travis, it was like mm-hmm. oh, just a, a gas of a show. Definitely want to yeah. listen to it. It was episode 30. Um, so talk us through uh, Prison School. What's the show about? And like... It had requirements. This is one of those shows that I feel like had requirements in order to make it like the show. So talk us through prison school. What's it about? The TLDR of prison school is uh, there's this very prestigious women's school Mm -hmm. and they get a new uh, principal or chairman and he decides to allow boys in. Uh, And in the first class, they only allow five boys in. So it's five boys surrounded by all of these girls. they're sort of on stimulation overload with all the girls, but at the same time, all of the girls loathe them because they go to this all girls school right. and they are the interlopers. They are the outsiders. Right. Um, very early on, they come up with a Porky's esque prank or not prank Porky's esque uh, shenanigans. Shenanigans of peeping. Uh, in, in, in order to um, uh, view the girls in the baths. Mm-hmm. And there is this secret underground society at the school that sort of, monitors things outside of the administration because there is not a teacher to be found. Um, (laughs) And they catch these boys in the act and they punish them by banishing them to a little mini prison in the middle of the courtyard of the school, which is a very weird thing to have in the middle of your school. And they keep messing up. And while they're only supposed to be there a month, they essentially keep getting their stay extended. Yes, they're, the girls are trying to keep yeah. getting them expelled. And yeah. they keep- also, massive sexual overtones. Lots of it, and like lots of it. And so I had rule, like requirements for this. The first is that it has to be over the top. Mm-hmm. It has to be sexual. It's not like Kakigurui where this, because like you could take the sex out of the, out of the live action of Kakigurui and it would still be about gambling. And that works. The theme of this show is that you're like, it's like Porky's. It is a very sex comedy based show if mm-hmm. you take the sex out of it it does not work anymore and it was yep. interesting to do all the animeisms of like panty mm-hmm. shots and like yep. cleavage shots on live women i was just didn't feel right and yep. and that was one of the things and the second requirement was that you know the the main lead in this had to be or the the, the lead female that we all know yep. uh has to be like you know perfect in in that way and that woman was our good girl uh, Mako Shiraki, who is in the show more than voluptuous. She is like voluptuous plus um, and sweats profusely. And that was the thing that like the, the woman who had had a big shoes and or other clothing to fill as part of this show. So what did you think, Gary? What did you think of prison school? What was, the, what was that all about? It missed the mark. <laughs> you think it missed the mark a little bit? It felt like a web series produced <laughs> by a bunch of college students. It did. It really uh, in particular, it. my wife said, so there's the, in this gang of five guys, yeah. uh, one of them is this really huge uh, geek with like long hair. Yeah, he was the creepiest. Right. And my wife said, it's really interesting because it looks like this is the first day this guy has had long hair because he's clearly <laughs> wearing a wig and it's like very stiff. Like yeah. it just came out of the wig shop and they like yeah. slapped it on his head. <laughs> He was creepy. Um, like I had trouble looking at him throughout the whole show. Right. Uh, 
although he did probably play that character, I think part of what makes prison school appealing is that all of the shenanigans they do and all of the sexuality, it's not real because it's animated. Right. Once you translate it to the real world, um, it doesn't really work out. Also, and my wife has brought this up a million times because she's like lived in Japan for a brief spell, is every show that we watch and prison school in particular makes every girl busty and my wife is always saying that's funny because that's not the case in japan (laughs) and in this show sure enough there's not enough actresses that are busty and the one that they found they made the the sweating profusely lead but outside like pushed her up like you could tell this woman was 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 enhanced through the course of and stuff like that and another part that was really weird and this is a scene that like i remember being like I feel like a weird man watching mm-hmm. this was, and I don't feel this with anime ever, but I did feel it with this was he goes accidentally, he accidentally falls into one of the girls, the lead gets pulled through the bath because she thinks that he's a girl because she has her contacts out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's got like this weird fantasy world in which he's like, this is the heaven of my high school years. And all the, there's like literal live actresses like holding him skulls going like, <laughs> and like beckoning the camera. And I was like, I don't like this one. Yeah. I feel weird. I feel yep. like a weird old man. And then like, yeah. they would like make it really sexy by like switching from crossed hands to single hands. And I'm like, Oh God, stop doing that. And it was very low budget, very uncomfortable for the most part. Right. But I will admit the girl who played Mary in Kakegurui had even bigger shoes to fill as Hana, the perpetually peed on girl. <laughs> right. And she did a good job. I feel like, you know, for a girl who had, who was stuck behind the eight ball, she committed like i actually thought hana and the the mistress of of like snm were the two best cast i didn't like the girl that they cast as the president of the underground society yeah she was like me um uh, oh another thing my wife liked was uh the one guy uh has a hood all the time yeah yeah and he undresses but he still has just (laughs) the hood on He has a trauma from childhood. That's the way they explain it. But my favorite was the girl who plays me. I, I, I'm, I'm now obsessed with her. She's great. She's awesome. She had to get peed on essentially as yeah. Hana. And the scene usually goes is that she's like forcing the guy to pee because she had to, she got seen peeing. Yep. And she's like, ah, she's like, yeah, I'm doing her. Like she, she distorts her face. Mm-hmm. She's awesome in that. And all of a sudden she falls back because this is the part where she's going to get golden showered. And she goes like, no, with her <laughs> mouth wide open in this huge O. And it was awesome. She did such a good job for, for, for the joke. Right. I was like, spot on, spot on, Hannah. You did a good job. So I give her full credit. She did awesome. <laughs> right. So likeness to uh, prison school closeness, not how good it is, but how close is it to the show prison school that we watched this year? It was a six. Yeah. It was just a very low budget. Like, as you said, it looked like a YouTube series. Like this should have been in YouTube red, not on yeah. Netflix or anything like that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going back to our quiz, Gary. Wait, was it actually on Netflix? No, it was. Yeah, it was on like SNK or something. Well, yeah, and at the end of the first episode, they had the gang of five doing this weird duop, like sing, and they're like, "If you want to watch more, go here." And they, like, <laughs> put like a link. I'm like, it's weird. like Carmen Sandiego. It's like duop, do do, and this show is brought to you by. Where doo-wop. in the world is prison it's- school? <laughs> <laughs> and brought to you by. Britannica and British knights and viewers like you do. <laughs> Give us money, please, because we have bad, bad production quality. BK knights. <laughs> 
So, Garrett, we are now back into our final uh, set of questions. Sure, 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 sure. Um, before we uh, get to some final parts. But the first thing is, what are some differences between ecchi and hentai? I think I've explained this a few times, but I want to see if you fully grasp. Oh, ecchi ecchi, um, steps up to the line of inappropriateness and doesn't go over it, whereas hentai is full-on intercourse and... and, uh, pornography essentially yeah. for, for anime yeah and like implied nudity implied sex lots of moaning and etchy but hentai is legit, legit pure porn. Mm-hmm. so that's another point for you garrett um two more questions the next one is and this is a this is comes from uh from our episode uh, 37 on dr stone um so you are uh the super buff shishio you're you have long braids remember that character he's like the t-1000 He's yeah, like, yeah. He, he, he was very quickly an ally and then yeah. very quickly a, a enemy. Yeah. So you're him. You stumble upon an empty hut with clay pots broken and footsteps walking the other way. What is, from your gut, what is your immediate hypothesis of what's happening? <laughs> I just remember I start running <laughs> yeah. in, in the direction. Well, that is what he is. Possible. The answer is he runs to he. (laughs) You assume that they're going to Hakone to make gunpowder. That's (laughs) right. Can I get a half point there? Yeah, yeah. I think you should because that was the joke. Was that literally? He's like, I'm sprinkling all this bad news because I don't. The only thing we don't want him knowing is that we're going to Hakone to make gunpowder. He literally looks up the scene for three seconds and goes, "We're going to Hakone to make (laughs) gunpowder." I still love Doctor Stone. That does not ruin it for me. No, it doesn't. It's great. And then finally, uh, the, the last question, yeah, give yourself a half point. You're, I mean, you're already well above the fray. Thank, you. My Thank mind. you. But the last question, and this hopefully is a game given, please expound if you can, is does Akiko love her Oni-chan? Oh, my God. What show is this? Oni-ai is the name of the show. Oni-ai? Oh, my God. I mean, Akiko absolutely loves her Oni-chan. How much does she love her Oni-chan, Garrett? Oh, God. I'm trying to... Help me out here. Akiko Name is... Oni, Oni, oh, so I'll give you the Oni means brother. Oh, oh my God. Uh, brother loves oh, we, we did a uh, We did several brother love... That, that was a... Loving Your Oni-chan was... Um, episode 14. Or episode where we did like four different shows. Yes, it and was the first of 14. The, the one girl uh, hid in her closet, uh, hid in her room. It's not that not video. That one, right? no. Um, the other one was... Was a new devil. That's not her. Okay. And there was a testament to her. All right. And the last one was a dormitory with her actual brother. Oh, my God, where she straight up really wants him to, like, do her. And he's... So, so the question, Garrett, does Akiko love her Onichan? She loves and lusts for her Onichan. <laughs> God. So we were going to watch Assassin's Class, Assassination Classroom, another classic. It's one of our top listened to, so thank you for listening to those folks. Um, is it's a, once again a show about an octopus alien from space who blows up the moon, and he asks, and he his only demand before he blows up the rest of the Earth in a year is to teach this terrible class, this remedial class, and and they have the opportunity to murder him in that process. So it's a good show, had some really funny moments. I think it was a good one to one, and the problem is that it's really hard to make an octopus creature that is yellow and has, and looks like a have a nice day person. But I think they actually did a good job. Um, so for me, the likeness for that would be an easy, like, eight or nine out of ten. Even though CGI was going to be really hard, they did a really good job for it. Okay. 
So, Garrett, what we usually do in the show is, uh, is we have our Weeby Newt score. We're, this is a special occasion, so we're not going to do that. What we're going to be doing is our Weeby Noob superlatives. And this is kind of, you know, the greatest of a certain topic. We're going to be giving our top-rated things of a certain category. I'll give you some suggestions, but if you want to go against the pale, feel free to. Um, and we're going to designate each of our own of sure. the given tech categories. So the first category we're going to give is the most uh -huh. annoying male MC. And I'm really focusing on this on harem main characters. The most annoying male MC characters. And you can pick a show right. if you didn't like them from, and we can, I can fill in the blanks. Um, I have some suggestions if you, want to, if you don't have one off the top of your head. All right. Okay, cool. So I mean, I'm looking at your suggestions here, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So, we, so just for those out who are listening, we have uh, Koi Kazuya from our, one of our recent episodes, Freezing. Um, Kinoshita Kazuya, another Kazuya from Rent a Girlfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, Kimihito Kurusu from Monster Musume. And Kamura Takashi from High School of the Dead. Mm -hmm. These are all plain vanilla protagonists, but are really irritating in their own right. way, Garrett. You can pick one, someone else that you don't like if you, if you have one that really stuck out to you. But if, if there's anyone that you want to give it to, go for it. I, I will pick, I will pick from this, I will pick from this uh, list, but I would like to put a little bit of, I would like to defend Komuro Takashi from High School yeah. of the Dead because it's a pretty standard protagonist. Like they, they were wimpy, but not in any way that you wouldn't expect from that type right. of genre. Right. Um, Mihito from Monster, uh, Monster <laughs> Musume, dude's just trying to get by. Yeah, I mean, he's, trying he's just trying murder. to get by. So it would absolutely, have to go to Koi Kazuya from Freezing. I 100% agree. And then 1A for me is uh, Rent-A-Girlfriend's Kazuya. He, one, is pathetic but knows it. And the other is just doesn't get it. And he's like awful. He's just awful. He's an awful human being and he shouldn't be the lead of the show. So I would say our top most annoying male MC <laughs> this year is Koi Kazuya from Freezing. And I think there's no one close in this, in this, in this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the second uh, list we have is the yep. most anatomically wild woman in anime. And these are the women who will say are the largest and in chargest of, their, of this given genre. And I'll give you three that came to my mind. We got Shizuka and Marikawa, who we called... Nurse right, Boingbo. and one is clearly the winner, but go on. So is, first is Nurse Boing Boing. We called her Nurse Boing Boing. Shizuka Marikawa from High School of the Dead. Um, right. Centurea from Monster Musume, the, the centaur from Monster Musume. And then we talked about it before, Mako Shiraki, the sweaty yeah. uh, queen of BDSM from prison school. I think all of them, solid candidates. <laughs> yeah. So who would you pick for the most yeah, I'm going to go with the half-human. Oh, you think Santa? I'm going to go with the half-human, Santorea. Yeah, yeah. She's, her, her breasts are almost like, they're almost like a circus attraction. That's how big they are. Like, <laughs> so... Mm -hmm. I'm going to go against the grain and I'm going to give it to Nurse Boing Boing because this is the only one that actually has physical sounds associated with it. <laughs> like she literally walks and goes, hey, what's going over there? Boing Boing. Hey, how's it going over there? Boing Boing Boing. Like it does that. Like they're talking almost in the show. <laughs> almost another character in High School of the Dead. So for that reason alone, I give my official right. relative to uh, Nurse Boing Boing. She's a Gamari Kawa from mm -hmm. uh, uh, High School of the Dead. You're officially giving it to Santorea from Monster Musume. Am I right in that? Sure. Yep. yep. Absolutely. The next show, and this is something that I just put a list of things that I thought up, but this is the shows that surprised you in a good way. These are shows that you didn't think you were going to like, and then were like surprisingly good to you. Mm -hmm. Ones that I thought um, were in that vein was like Dr. Stone was a big one. Right. Uh, 
Danganronpa was a really good one. Uh, Haven't You Heard Him, Sakamoto. Mm-hmm. There's other ones we've watched this year. And, like, so or which one were you, like, had not as many expectations towards? Well, like, so, was it? Of that one, Dr. Stone wins simply because I may have watched more episodes of that than any other show. I, I think I watched, like, 25 or 26 episodes oh, of that. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you would say Dr. Stone. I agree. It's a great show. It's, it's a great and it's very unique. And but it also hits the same, but it's also mainstream enough that I think about will watch it. Yeah. Right. It what well the thing was is it's not that it was surprising that I'd like it because I didn't have any expectations for it. I'd never heard of it. Right. But the fact that I sort of for two or three weeks after uh, we watched it, that I would put a couple episodes on every night yeah. just to like continue, yeah. uh, that meant something. Uh, High School of the Dead was not a surprise. That still is arguably my I don't know if it's my favorite it's up there yeah it kind of bothers me that it's a limited series because even though it's zombie based and we all know that like the walking dead can't last forever right right right. um I would have liked to have seen way more than the 12 episodes we got but mine is Danganronpa because Mm -hmm. it's just so wacky zany and utterly unabashedly Japanese Mm -hmm. that I have to like love it for that reason and so Danganronpa and this was I'll give it to when I first watched it I had no expectations. I had no idea what it was about. All I saw was a teddy bear. And that's all I saw. The word Danganronpa meant nothing to me. And I think, yep. you know, several wa- you know, watches of people playing the game itself makes you realize that Danganronpa holds a special place for me. So that is, that is my winner of the show that surprised you most in a good way. Um, the next superlative we have is the show that had the scariest WTF moment. And I picked two, but there's probably more that like, I would pick uh, one was like any of the parasite moments, like of the guy chomping the woman's head off when he hugs her and he's just like, Wah! and then the one that I thought was the best in my mind. And I want to give it is the umbrella incident from another where a girl is running with the penguin umbrella. Oh, 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 I know, like right? Making, making my skin crawl right now. So honestly, does that make you just like bringing up it? Is that, is that your winner is the umbrella incident? I mean, cringeworthy. Absolutely. But that, that show was like final destination, right? Like, yeah. yeah. It just, it was constantly trying to one up itself in these yeah. deaths. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's going to give you the most cringeworthy. I would also not that there's like a specific moment that's scary, uh, but the show that we watched, the name escapes me where you're, you're, in high rises and you can't get down to the ground level. There was a lot of psychological stuff uh, in that show as well. That's a great show too. And I think um, it's just, yeah, it's it's like, it's like a slow burn psychological. What was the name again? Uh, High rise invasion. uh, I thought though the umbrella was one of those things that I was just like, Oh my God, that's that's amazing. I can't believe they did that. And so that's going to get my win um, for that superlative. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, of the four, I'm gonna, and I put four here, the best sports anime we watched, we watched Actual 21, Prince of Tennis, Croco's Basketball, and I'm going to also put Air Gear here because mm-hmm. World of Blades kind of sportsy. Yep. Which one was your favorite sports anime that we watched this year? Uh, I, if you're going to include Air Gear, I'm going to say it's Air Gear because right. I think there's more stuff going on there, even though the guy's like a totally weird super, uh, super stalker. Yeah. Um, but uh, Actual 21 was just like, you know what it looked like? It looked like uh, Roger from Doug. Yeah. Was like the quarterback was like really angry and like, I, I don't know. Prince of Tennis was, oh my God, like I grew up playing tennis and I can't imagine having to watch him level up against a different player every week and right. find it interesting. It's just beyond me. Uh, so absolutely air gear. 
Yeah, I would say Air Gear is my favorite of the four, but like of a pure sports one. Ben Crokin or Basket. Yeah, I, I would say, oh, that's the case you say Crokin. I would say I Shield 21 just because I love how off the mark Japan was on football. And I just, I just laughed. I loved, I laughed and had blast throughout the entire thing. And so I was just entertained. So. Well, and it's really crazy because that was developed with a partnership with the NFL. With NFL Japan. <laughs> All right, Garrett, here's our next category. And I picked some cat, some candidates here. The next one is <laughs> the anime character most likely to get me tooed. Um, <laughs> the first one, oh, gonna, I mean, first one we're going to give is Sanji from one piece. Yep. Uh, Meliodas from Seven Deadly Sins, a very obvious one. Iki from Air Gear. Uh, Koro Sensei from Assassination Classroom. And I just put here just like as a joke answer, but I think it's pretty close. The creator of Brother Love Onii. <laughs> <laughs> what is the character you're most likely to get me to? Who's the, who's the gropiest? Oh, one? it is, it is uh, coming down the stretch at Churchill Downs. Yeah. It is a neck and neck race between right. Sanji and Meliodas. But in his heart of hearts, I think Sanji wants love. Yeah. And Meliodas is a perv, so it's got to go to Meliodas. Meliodas, I think, hands down wins this. I think he's a hashtag me too. He's just a huge yep. sexual harasser. Um, he's a Kevin Spacey looks like a, like a 15-year-old boy. So um, <laughs> the next is, and I'm going to read these as I can, is the best uh, Japanglish in the shows that we watched. Um, and I'll read them as best we can. We had a joke in our episode on... Uh, <laughs> On Cowboy, uh, uh, no, Samurai Shampoo, where I jokingly talked about how foreigners are depicted in, in anime. And there's one that I picked up was, is that you have, you basically have Americans or other foreigners going, Irigatu! That's Japanglish. The next yep. is the, en- the ending theme to Aishil 21, where the, the blazing sun is like melting sherbet, and I'm a loser who's going to drink it up. There's another one. So uh, the third one is the mid card for freezing, where she, it was written because she was a poor and couldn't eat enough, and that her trauma was oh. the explanation of why she likes to eat. Oh, go on. And then the fourth one is from Jerome <laughs> Sakamoto's McDonald's takeout all day. And last one was um, our favorite bitch sensei who taught everybody the most important sentence in English, you are incredible in bed. <laughs> that, that, that is your winner. That's your winner is, is Bitch Sensei. I, I want to give Arigato just like a special mm-hmm. place, but I think that's just our joke. Um, I do want to give it to you are incredible in bed, although because she was a poor and couldn't eat enough and that her trauma, <laughs> love it. Love it. I'm going to put that in a book. I'm going to put that, in, if you, Garrett, if you ever write a book, that's going to be my foreword. For you if you ever allow me to do it because she was a poor and couldn't eat enough and that hurt trauma and it's just gonna say kyle under and that's gonna be enough <laughs> and it's gonna have your photo looking smoldering at the camera <laughs> and underneath it will say Urgeti. like james patterson yeah that's my face <laughs> and finally um we're gonna get to the final question which is which one was the least subtle sexual moment in this entire experience for you so far was it the uh, brother love opener where the girl's playing the recorder under the desk, but it looks like she's doing something else. Under the desk. The second one was Poppy the Harpy eating a creamsicle popsicle that somehow morphed into a penis sculpture. And number two, it could be 
dropping this soap in prison school and everybody thinking that they're lovers because mm-hmm. of it. And finally, it's Haru the bunny having some real erotic moment with Lagoshi the wolf. Well, so here's the deal. She straight up fillets Lagoshi the wolf. So I'm not going to call that the least subtle sexual moment. Right. It's just a sexual moment. Right. But if we want the one that is the, the least subtle implied sexual moment, it is absolutely poppy, the, right. the, the winged monster <laughs> filleting a, a creamsicle. Uh, quite a purely white creamsicle. It's not orange. It's no other color than white. So, uh, yeah. So that, that I agree with you. Poppy wins that one. Some differences. Ultimately, I would say, Garrett, the, the theme of this show is going to be that we've done a lot. And I'm proud of us for getting to this point. You know, we, we, we yeah. had the inception of the show. We were hoping that we just have to, enough to entertain ourselves over the course of, you know, however long we were going to do this. But to get to a week and know that people support us and listen to us and, you know, carried us through through this whole year, even with COVID as it is, I'm really thankful and grateful for all the people who have taken the time to listen to this week. I don't know if you have similar thoughts, um, but yeah, about what reflecting a year later. No, I, I, I absolutely do. Because it, well, it's always great when you can do something that entertains you, uh, yeah. but other people find some enjoyment out of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've, I think we're like, I think we're getting close to like 2000 listens. I know we're over a thousand, but, but it's just, uh, it's a lot of fun, and when you can sort of bring other people into your fun, um, that, and, and to be perfectly frank, I didn't, I didn't listen to podcasts before mm-hmm. the pandemic. And so now, making our own, I also listen to a lot of other podcasts mm-hmm. now. Um, and there. so that's, that's been a, a fun journey as well. So it's all around great experience. And if I was to button it off, the, the theme of this show, and one thing that I think is really important to note, is that anime to me, as a as person who watches it, is was almost a safety blanket, right? Like when I was mm-hmm. down in the dumps or not feeling great, I would, I would watch anime. I'd watch One Piece for, you know, as much as I could. It sure. was something that I exclusively liked. And I think it's been a really wholesome experience to me to share with people and to have it be not judged mm-hmm. is the hope of any weeb out there, right? Like to have your wife look at jiggling anime breasts and not think less of you is, is, is a big deal to me. And I don't know if I've attained that. <laughs> I still get disapproving looks. Yes, but... On on a more wholesome level, I feel like having people go, okay, Kyle, I want to I want to see what this is all about. You like this? Mm-hmm. Why do you like this? What's going on? And joining us in the conversation has always been great with all of our friends, our family members coming up. We're gonna have even better guests coming up in the near future, and I just think that it's just been a really great ride so far. And I look forward to another uh, year with with you, Gary, as well as everyone else listening out there. Absolutely, brother. Yeah. So once again, a year later, we're, we're here and enjoying this this time with you. But as always, it is important to hear your thoughts. It's 52 episodes, man. It's one year later. What did you think of our show? Please let us know, like, what do you like about it? What are some things that we can change? Because ultimately, it's about you listening to it and also what makes us laugh. And we at least can do one of those things. And it, just let us know what you think. Just give us uh, all your comments, all your thoughts, and all of our Insta, uh, our social media, such as uh, Wanda Podcast, W-A-N-W-A Podcast on Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter at Meep underscore do. You can also follow us on anchor.fm slash Wanda Podcast or wherever your podcast is found. But when you do, please give us a five, 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 five-star review. It helps people listen to our show and it really elevates us above all the other great content out there. So please, if you like our show, please give us that review. 
Um, but as we close out the first year into what's going to be another amazing year, Gary, what are your final thoughts to send out to all of our, our Wanda listeners out there? I just really want feedback from the listeners of what stone we have not turned over yet. You have been an incredible weeb to my noob, an incredible Miyagi to my Daniel-san. Um, but I know that there are things that you might not have thought of yet, or there are things that maybe you've never even heard of yet. Mm -hmm. And so if people out there can get involved, we'll give you a shout out, whether you want us to shout out your handle, whether you want us to shout out your real name, heck, whether you want us to put a quote from you in the show, I don't know. But uh, send suggestions our way. And we certainly want to explore as much of these worlds as we can. Yeah. And always we want to make sure that you enjoy the content we give you but really instead of giving you a goofy send-off we're just going to tell you it's been a pleasure and we hope to give you even more better content so all in all we're going to wish you a great see you next week take care y'all So we were talking about doing a podcast in which, you know, we we're going to, I was going to try to reintroduce you to the idea of the medium, but maybe we can do it in a way that other people can jump in along with you. Kind of like a book club for newbies and you're kind of representing their voice. I think it might be fun for people to tag along. Yeah. And I think for my part, as a person who really loves this.